Hi, I'm Andy Simon. Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. As you know, our podcast is here to help you do just that. Get off the brink and soar. My job as a guide and a host is to bring to you interesting people to listen to, to help you change your mind about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and what you too can become as you become the best that you can be. I'm really excited today about the three women I have brought together. They've actually brought me into their trilogy, and I'm always in awe of how things move in different ways. I'll tell you a little bit about how I'm part of the Denise and Drani and Angelia team here. Um, When my book came out, uh, they met Todd Churchies at an event, and they were talking about books, and he said, you have to read Andy Simon's book, Rethink. Todd and I were at a leadership group, a thought leadership group, and I was really quite surprised. He was a great author, and he was celebrating my book. He gave it to Denise and Drani and Angelia, and they came up with this idea of building a box. The box is fascinating because they worked with Wax Buffalo, and they created this candle with a box to give to women entrepreneurs with a thank you and a copy of the book and to inspire them to continue to become the best that they can be. I was touched, but the energy that goes from there is unimaginable. And you only can tell you that um, I'm in awe of how this book is transforming lives. From those who read it and review it to those who read it and share it, and those who called me earlier to say, I love your book. I said, it's a book, but it's not, it's stories. And so our three women today are stories, and we're going to do storytelling. I'll tell you a little bit about each of them, and then I'll let you tell them, tell the audience about your own life's journey. Um, on my my bottom right here, Andrani Da Silva is a wonderful, she's just a wonderful woman. And she's been a sustainability leader for more than 15 years, and she brings systems thinking approach to strategic planning at the intersection of business and human rights. Interesting combination, isn't it? She builds meaningful multi-stakeholder partnerships at the intersection of business and community engagement initiatives that support and redesign systems that create positive change. She accelerates ideas by facilitation and crafting conversations. You're going to hear a lot of talk today about conversations, collaboration. Are we givers, takers, or matchmakers? Today, we're givers, but we also love to matchmake. Takers a little bit. She's co-author and co-team lead and researcher for the Sherpa Institute and develops and leads high-performance teams through communication and project management. She's a director of corporate partnerships at Nest. Indrani advanced the adoption of the flagship ethical handcraft compliance standards and reduced the risk of market access for homeworkers through partnerships with Patagonia and Target, Eileen Fisher. The, the bio is so rich with different things around accountability, about sustainability. While she was at Burberry, she was really awarded the sustainability challenge for her proposal on sourcing cotton from sub-Saharan Africa. And as corporate social responsibility consultant at Eileen Fisher, she improved sustainability procurement through vetting 60 plus suppliers. I must tell you, she spent two years in India and Nepal serving on the board of the, the Nidhi Foundation. She'll tell you how to say that. An Indian-based philanthropy foundation focused on social economic advancement for women and girls. Now, I, I, I love that, Drani. She will clarify some of the things that I've said. 
But here's Denise Nigles. Denise is a supply chain strategist with one with more than 20 years experience developing and implementing responsible sourcing supply chain programs. She wants to ensure there's operational efficiency, radical transparency, and sustainability in the supply chain. And she does it with partnerships with brands, retailers, and manufacturers. She is passionate, you will hear it, as an advocate for strong supplier relationships that create shared value through social and environmental excellence. In her work with Damon, Hope Alliance, Lai and Fung, Lennox, a diverse portfolio of buyers, suppliers, and retailers. She leverages cutting edge technology and all kinds of approaches to shift mindsets. And I think that's what you're going to hear today more than anything. And get people to really appreciate why we're doing these things, not simply that we are. Angelia and I were talking yesterday as I was sitting in my field and she was inspiring me. Uh, she is a DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. And she promises accountability for diversity, provides leadership for DIME, diversity, equity, and inclusion manufacturing excellence, with a strong attention to urban sustainability. She's smiling, and you're going to also. Extensive knowledge in product development, marketing, branding, and strategy partnerships, media planning. She has all kinds of relationships with nonprofits with entertainment and media spaces. She knows what she's doing. She had 20 years experience in the heavily competitive entertainment industry. She loves social justice, politics, and real estate. But she's moved now from major production companies to really work with nonprofits and focus on social justice, DEI initiatives. And she has a thriving podcast, you must go listen to it, called Greenwood The Podcast. So she's looking at all types of ambitions that are somewhat political, but really around building a better world. Ladies, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. For our listeners, I'm going to go back around the same way I did it. Indrani, please flesh out who are you? What have you done? And why is today so important? Because we want to get to what are we doing now and where are we going? But first, who's Indrani Da Silva? And, and tell us a little bit about your own life journey. Sure. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Andy, to join you, Denise, and Angelina. This is fantastic. Um, at a very early age in, in my life, uh, I'm, I grew up as a niece of a boutique artist and community leader and, um, and a very strong social entrepreneur. So at a very early age, the link between business responsibility and women's empowerment and social responsibility were intertwined. And from that point on, I have always had my, my great aunt as my guiding light and sort of my North Star, um, the first female entrepreneur that I really got to know and uh, grew up with and really support women's entrepreneurship, community and uh, corporate responsibility. As a result, I've promoted those initiatives, empowerment initiatives, and uh, within the supply chain and, and social compliance through corporate investment programs with companies, mostly in the apparel and footwear. I didn't leave very far away from my uh, textile roots in Sri Lanka. <laughs> so I continued to want to help the people and to support and build uh, a support system and economic 
opportunities and improvement for the women behind the labels who made the clothes and what was their story, their origin story, and what is their family story and what are the communities they're involved in and how can I help in a position uh, that I sat in, uh, in companies or advising companies in the regulatory work, working in, in fair labor, how could I leverage my, my positions to support their work and improve and ensure their human rights and social protections, as well as providing opportunities for growth? personal, professional uh, development. And that has really blossomed into mentoring and working on cross-collaboration projects. Uh, in particular, the latest one I'm working on is with the Sherpa Institute, Andy, you mentioned, which is the uh, STG Sustainable Development Goals. It's a collaboration with over 100 contributors. And I'm leading a team of seven writers and researchers from all over the world, across different time zones, from very different sectors, and cultural context. And we are building integrated and, you know, culturally um, diverse solutions to the, the biggest, some of the biggest challenges facing our society right now. So that's where I am now. You didn't call yourself an anthropologist, but in many ways you are. Oh, that's my first love. Yes. My first love, since you said it is corporate anthropology, is the way that I see the world. Yes. yes. But you also have that wonderful ability to step back and see yourself in that world and the role that you want to play. Mm -hmm. And uh, it isn't a job that you ever have done, I don't think. It is always something with purpose and passion to make a difference. And I won't. Yes, yes. So I, I've always advised, worked within teams to advise companies, but more recently, and I realized, like you said, Andy, I've really been doing this much more what I thought was on the side, but has come more into the forefront, is advising either women entrepreneurs who are partners in a small business and a sustainable fashion brand or individual entrepreneurs um, build their businesses, understand their point pain points, understand um, where they can, how they can navigate, leverage their own expertise, know when to delegate, where to find resources, and how to build their unique brand. And also, of course, bring in sustainability um, because that is int intrinsically uh, so connected with with the material culture that's so important to us and has such meaning. So I've met some incredible entrepreneurs and, and now that really is the place that I'm putting much of my focus because the opportunity is huge yes. um, to support them. I'm gonna to move to Denise in one moment, but I've been working as a mentor to two women who are um, out of McKinsey, but they're young women who had this epiphany, talking about entrepreneurs, to create sustainable clothes for women because women wear, um, let's see, 80% of the time they wear 20% of their clothes. They buy far too much that they never put on and never use, but they want the whole system to be sustainable and they want to build it around that. And it was, it's been really interesting to your point of how do you help them get over the, I have an idea to, oh, how do I do this? To how do I get people to buy it? To how do I make sure that its value, sustainability isn't an afterthought? Um, is it going to become simply another or is it the way that we're going to work? So there's some interesting women, women out there trying to do it. 
Um, but there's some really interesting products coming. Perfect. Denise, how about yourself? Yes. I know we can go back to how you guys all met because I'm so sure. curious. But sure. who's sure. Denise Needles? Yeah. So um I'm a, I'm a um, daughter of a principal and a school teacher, so education is highly valued. And I'm an avid reader. Uh, last year, I broke, broke my record with 292 books. But of course, my favorite is Rethink, <laughs> and um, and I don't I don't say that lightly. Um, I read that book, uh, your book, I should say. And the one thing I loved about it was, it was number one, so giftable, and there were so many incredible lessons, but, but for me, it was the perfect timing because I was in the process of really reinventing, you know, who I was and what I was going to do going forward. Uh, in the process of that, I met Indrani in a, we were in the same zoom call. We were finishing each other's sentences and I got this little chat from her that said, could we talk later? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and the rest is history, like best friend I've ever had. It's the type of person that when you're literally like five years old, you wish you had your whole life because it's like having a cheerleader, you know, um, attached to you at all times. Uh, but also teaching me about sustainability, how important that was and how much that gave me a shift in, in my focus. I was purely on the path to be a professor. I was in, uh, I, I had the pleasure of uh, studying in Japan on scholarship. So I, I wrote my master's thesis in Japanese. I graduated valedictorian in my class and I was on the path to be a professor and I started teaching and it just wasn't, it just wasn't fulfilling. And so one day I was in the staff room and one of the professors who was in his sixties said, you know, you really shouldn't be a professor. You're almost the same age as the people you're teaching because you move so quickly. And they, you know, they look at you like a colleague, not a professor. And he said, why don't you go do something for a while? And then you have more to tell them. And I said, you know, that's a really great idea. And I was working on a, at the time, a research project with Mitsubishi. So I went in there and I said, you guys have anything? They said, oh, if you want to work here, we'll hire you. I said, okay. So they created a job for me and I went back and I resigned. And the guys that I didn't mean now is at least, (laughs) no, no, I go, I move quickly. And so, um, so that's kind of what started my path into business. Uh, and then got, um, after I worked on the anti-dumping program for them, uh, got them exempt. My boss said, thank you so much. You saved the company millions of dollars, but that was your job for five years. <laughs> so I have to figure out what to do with you now. And they assigned me to, to global sourcing. And I said, well, can you explain to me? And they said, well, you're an economist, so you can do costing. I said, absolutely. And he said, and just the way you look at the world, I think you do really well with it. So that's that started my path on global sourcing. And I said, you know, how do you define it? And he said, you shop for a living. I said, oh my God, I would love to shop for a living. That's perfect. <laughs> And so when anybody asked me about getting into sourcing, I said, you shop for a living. Like if you can shop, you can do it, you know, and uh, you basically take the designs and you go shop. Um, And it really is that easy, but you have to have a passion for product. I think that's the biggest thing. So I went through this career, you know, had a great career, um, 15 years in in Japan, uh, seven years in China, and now coming back to the U.S., you know, post-COVID trying to figure out, you know, where, where does this fit? And then I realized reading your book that I could be a professor just in the business world. So I could now counsel these entrepreneurs, help them produce their products, get it into market and actually be that, have that be a business model. And right at that time, my previous company, Damon Worldwide, had asked me to come back. And there was a business model internally that was exactly that, working out working with entrepreneurs and helping them develop products for retail and for online. And um, it's been a fabulous run. We are um, making dreams come true for people that always wanted to have this product made, but didn't have, for example, the financials to do it or the understanding to do it. And we're just moving through and doing that. And the one thing I have to say that I'm most proud of is when we went through the Rethink book and we said, let's find 10 amazing women we may know or not know and send this book to them and just say, 
no obligations. Just say, you know what? We hear you. We see you. We're cheering you on. And the feedback we got from all of these women was like, we couldn't believe, like I have it on my bookshelf knowing that there's people behind me or there's people out in the world that actually do these kind of things. Right. And Wax Buffalo loved being a part of it as well. And they were really honored. They were actually one of the recipients. So then we wanted to utilize their product, but it was all about all these people out there that are struggling every day to, especially during COVID, like trying to reinvent themselves and rethink, you know, their business purposes. We said this book to them and I know Indrani can speak to Queen because that's one of her close colleagues, but Queen said this book really changed my life that you sent me. And I know Aisha, for example, who I'm working with, completely changing uh, a part of her business model that's going incredibly well, um, that she's seen the, 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 the power of it as well. And I think everybody, it's really touched a lot of people, but I, what's great is all three of us have been able to, to work directly with someone on that list of 10 women to make their dreams come true. Um, mine is Aisha, who I'm completely focused on right now. Aisha Brussel, Brussel Plus Seconds, a design company. The most amazing designs you've ever seen, but bringing those to the masses. And so they're making everyday products and we're working on several projects right now with them that I believe are gonna be wildly successful when they hit the market. I have a hunch you only work on highly successful. <laughs> Oh, no. You have to learn from your mistakes as well. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, humility. I got it. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, as as you, uh, because the energy you bring to all of the things that you're doing uh, is contagious. And, and, and that by itself is a gift because for many people, the horizons are um, limited. And, and believing that you can go beyond that is not something that one can conjure up all by yourself. And on the other hand, I know far too many entrepreneurs who had nothing but ideas and couldn't, in fact, deliver anything. So there's a whole lot of opportunity for the magic that you're bringing Indrani is and, and, and how do you teach them as well as help them? That professor part of you hasn't left you, has it? And the only other thing I'd say is, is, my, is something I kind of newly learned. Obviously, living overseas helped me, but it's to practice the platinum rule. Uh, my whole life, you know, I was taught to practice the golden rule, which is to treat people like you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And then you realize people don't want to be treated like you. <laughs> You're an American <laughs> woman. Like, you know, that doesn't translate. Uh, so it's the platinum rule to treat people as they want to be treated. And as much as it involves diversity and inclusion, which Angelia will speak to, it also involves just everyday projects that you're working on. One entrepreneur to the next has a totally different goal and objective and really understanding what is it that inspires them and motivates them. And then, and then, you know, and also asking people what defines success. You know, I will be successful if, and then have them finish that sentence. So you know that that's the end goal when you're helping them. I think that's been the tool that's really, really helped me. And I think the Rethink book has that woven into it, which I think is really important um, about when you're helping people to really understand what is it, what what's the end goal, and then treating them appropriately. I think that's another really big one. And the only other thing I'd leave you with, and again, this also really came from Rethink as well, is that no is just the start of a conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you get a no, that's just the start of a conversation that you're going to have years and years, and it may take you 20 years, but you're going to do it. And the person that I that we award a million dollar PO uh, this last month is someone that got a lot of no's up until this point and now realizes that, you know, the power, the power is to, to, to say no is the start of a conversation and not accept that as, as, as the end of everything, you know, and I think that's really, really important and to push with a pillow, you know, and keep pushing and keep pushing gently and don't smother anybody, but get to where you need to go. And I think those are kind of the big things that I've learned and I'm now practicing on an everyday 
basis. The book helped you and you're helping me. I'm almost thinking about, wow, <clears throat> the conversation, which Indrani started with, uh, doesn't stop. It doesn't end, but we build on each other's energy and uh, excitement. And, and I would hate to tap into your imagination and say you can't imagine anymore. And I don't think you cannot imagine because that's just what you're doing. You're really creating. And, and my head is going, to oh, man, this is really fun. Let's go down below here. Angelia, thanks, Denise. That was terrific. Sure. Tell me, you're already inspired, and Denise is going to immediately get a product for you. So Don <laughs> have a product in the market that has his brand on it, right? <laughs> That's right. That's what we're working on. That's the future. Yeah. Um, I, I really uh, want to say thank you so much, uh, Andy, for giving us the opportunity to come here and all of us to tell our story. Uh, I think that what each woman brings to the table is so unique and different, but together we become something even more powerful. And so, you know, uh, rethink the book itself has really allowed me the opportunity to see that it is possible, you know, and especially for a black woman, it is possible. And so I think that sometimes people automatically think, well, you know, we have to, we have to move in a way that encompasses black, white, but in, in all of it, it's still individual, right? So we are all responsible for our individual selves. And so dealing with Rethink, I realized that there is so much more I've learned about myself. I've learned about um, becoming more uh, business oriented just because you work in a setting doesn't mean that you know all the ins and outs. And there's so many new entrepreneurs that they are also going through these learning curves. Um, I started out as a, um, a woman whose mother worked inside of the political arena. Um, I remembered as a child following behind floats and, you know, in the hot sun. My dad was a military guy, just really, 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 really uh, particular and uh, very focused. And so um, after I graduated from college, I went to a HBCU, which is Clark Atlanta University. I, I, I majored, I minored in English, and I had some marketing background and also radio TV film. So I took those aspirations and I started working in the industry, which I did for many years. And so I had an opportunity to have a very exciting lifestyle, but I still did not feel like I quite fulfilled what my mission was to be. And that was to help others. And so, you know, you had an opportunity, you know, you have an opportunity to look at, okay, I'm working with James Brown for the day. I'm showing him on set and I'm helping him read lines to his music. But then you realize when the, the lights come down, I'm not curing cancer. I'm not helping people. And there is a need in my community and all communities around for me to be present and leverage those skills that I have and use them for a greater good, not just for myself, but like I said, I think to fulfill my purpose that God has for me. So transitioning from there and marriage, um, I felt like, you know, this is my opportunity. So I started in real estate. I took that opportunity to create programs that made people more aware of the, um, of the ins and outs of real estate and being prepared to purchase homes. And, you know, after the 2009 big bubble, there was a a lot of issues with, you know, predatory home lending and making people aware. And so I did that in order to construct and gain more business and to also teach 
you know, to take that opportunity to teach people. And so I took that information and that was something that I took from my life with me. And then as we transition, um, I kind of wanted to do a little bit more. So I started working on, you know, some social justice issues, um, actually making myself more available in the arena and more of my political aspirations. And so, uh, during a uh, conversation in a book club is when I was introduced to Denise and uh, from Denise, I met Andrani and uh, together. Um, I think that I think, and I think I've said this, that we just make a really powerful team. And I've also learned from them and what they bring to their positions. Um, and it's, and it's helped me kind of gain more perspective on what I want to do, you know, moving forward and, Working with a company such as Custom Collaborative, which is my current project, was a, a recommendation from Androni. So I do my due diligence, I get the information, and you know, and I find out that what Custom Collaborative does and and what I am doing with them is basically this is a a, a, a somewhat of a nonprofit that is also somewhat of a university that is also somewhat of a teacher that is also brings the energy to help bring migrant women opportunities and skills so that they can go out to the real world and build that what more better to do. How does that not help, um, you know, build better ecosystems for urban communities? I mean, it is a wonderful thing. And then what they do is they bring these young men and women into uh, their university, as you would say, and teach them the tools and the ins and outs of sewing and developing this trade. And then they go out and find corporations that have needs such as donor gifts. And so from there, we take that and then they build and construct. And they also teach them the business side of it. So those are things that I've had to learn freely from the wonderful women around me. But I also see that these people are giving them those tools and they don't have to go out and seek it. And so I think that that's a lot too. A lot of times we don't necessarily have all the tools. So we watch people around us, but custom collaborative gives them the tools. So they might not be getting the wrong information or learning to adapt in a certain way that might give them more learning curves. Um, I, I really love what I'm doing now. And I think that working with nonprofits, uh, Working with um, my podcast, which I really love, Greenwood is a podcast that talks about social justice issues and the black and brown communities. It is a podcast for everyone of all walks of life, but it definitely highlights and brings the history to what goes on in black communities to the forefront. It talks about things that we might not know about, like Black Wall Street. Um, it talks about social justice issues that we see in the news, uh, voters' rights. Um, we have a U.S. representative on our um, that would be on our previous. Well, I think they were on our previous podcast. But, you know, we offer a lot of statistical information. Um, we offer a lot of uh, opportunities for people to reach out and, and, and gain uh, job sourcing, um, some free education because it is out there um, statistically shown in the black communities, I think. Uh, a large percentage of people suffer from the lack of information. And when you deal with a lot of our Hispanic communities, a lot of them don't have the access because they are not legal. So we go and we tackle those things and offer information that they might not have. And so I, I, I think that this is also a part of me doing good work. 
So, and that, and that is my passion. And I, I also wanted to say this, um, when we, when I first started Rethink, uh, I have a friend who lives in Louisiana and I was telling her, I was reading this amazing book by this amazing woman. And I told her, I said, you know, every time I see her and I speak to her, I feel like in the presence of a, of a God, she is amazing. I love her. <laughs> I was like, I love her. I get nervous and sweaty and I'm like, what's wrong with me? It's like, you know, and, and, you know, and it's really interesting. And, and I say the word celebrity because I think that it's been used because I actually think a celebrity is a person that, that takes their knowledge and gives that knowledge to others. That is why we should know you. That is why we should follow you. That is why we should read the next book if you decide to write one. (laughs) (laughs) But that is what is important. And so, and that's what's important to me. And so, you know, I explained to her, you need to read it. You need to read it. She has an elderly mother who is actually in a, um, she's in a a nursing home. And so she said, this will be a great book for me and my mother to read. This is the, you know, right around COVID in between. And so, she goes and, you know, they read the book together and she says it is it was a wonderful book. It gave them an opportunity to share something because her mother has constantly been asking her to start her own business. She's so good at it. And this book gave her the power that she needs now to step out this year and start her own business. So I, I think that I took my inspiration from you. I pass it on to someone else that was dealing with the ins and outs of COVID. And then they turn that into something beautiful, something she read with her mom, something that she read, you know, and, and it gave them hope. It kept them together when she couldn't see her. And so I just wanted to thank you for that because your book did touch lives. So it touches mine. I pass it on to my mother. So it is a beautiful thing. It is. And I think that highlighting these stories I would remind all women that it is possible. And now, a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Listen to your, first of all, thank you. 
I, I say that quietly because I'm humbled by, you know, we, we um, each of you have something you want to give and to share. And you hope that in the process of giving and sharing, something multiplies and energizes and, and, and lends a hand. Um, um, but it is interesting listening to you. You could each be stories in the book. You are your own book. And when we write a book, I mean, I did over 50 interviews, and then I had to figure out who should be in there. And I tried to figure out a balance that wasn't balanced, but at least it gave us different perspectives. I could add you into the next book in a moment, um, because what you're each doing is rethinking your own life's journey and beginning to um, have an epiphany, an aha moment. You know, where it comes from, Angelia, I never know. Um, but something touched your mind and you went, oh, and I'm not going to do this anymore. I did that. But what I learned is I'm going to do this. And what is Dime doing for me? And how is working with these people um, giving me a multiplier in my life? So that it isn't a day. It's a many days in every day. So people grow with me as we grow in it in new ways. I can only tell you, hold on to the moment. I don't know how long those moments hang around. But if you think of yourself as uh, inspiring yourself, to, to, and, and it's not easy. I don't think any of you had easy journeys, um, right? You know, Denise, you're laughing because at any big- Well, like, being the, a woman in Japan, you know, <laughs> and I yes. was the only woman in my graduate class. I'm the first one to graduate in economics. It means to be the only woman in the room every single time. So yes, that's why I'm laughing, yeah. But, it, but it's, and, and that little part of it is that I'm anxious to see the future happen now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're no longer the solo or the solo voice or interesting stories that appear or could appear one-offs as opposed to the, 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 the lead dog on this huge, you know, momentum that's coming. That And the reason I chose these is that they are the momentum that you can see all around us. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the momentum. Where do you see things going? I know, Andrani, you talked about entrepreneurship. You know, the number of Black women who set up their businesses during the pandemic is just extraordinary. The income streams are modest. You know, there are 12 million women-owned businesses in the U.S., 10 million are solopreneurs. Welcome. And of those, 5 million of those don't make more than $10,000 a year. They're really side hustles. So they make all women-owned business, but, you know, uh, there's often another business and another, maybe there are three of them, and we put them together. The, the, from my perspective, looking forward, uh, unless we fix that in some way, and, and it isn't just access to capital, it's also experience. Essentially, was talking about, do I know how to run a business? From Denise, can I be inspired to see how far I can go and what I can do? And who's going to lend a hand? Because alone? Um, it's very difficult. You know, you each said we're each alone. and But you and Andrani met each other here and became buddies. You ever actually met? Never met in person. Yeah. Wow. And Angelia, you met them at a book club. Have you ever actually met them? No. no. So we need to have a gathering, a conversation, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. in New York, or maybe in wherever. But, but I wonder, sometimes I have met more of my best new friends through this pandemic than I would have ever imagined. Yes. And it's been a catalyst, like specific moments um, that is beyond one's imagination. So talk about where you see next, where are you going next? You know, the the listeners 
are going to be inspired thus far, but going backwards isn't very good. You can't live life backwards, but you can take what's happened, not get anchored by it and go forward. And I love the idea that you have a shiny object coming. You can see it. You know, Indrani, what do you see? Coming? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think one of the biggest things, I'm going to say this, I'll answer your question, but I would also say your book is such a gift because it's about reframing, rethinking. So independent of it being a pandemic, you know, happening sort of over the span of the pandemic, it's a wonderful opportunity always to pause and rethink and to give yourself the permission to do that. And I think that, um, I think that's a very powerful way that you've written the book in a way that allows you to pause and at the same time gives you tools to then go forward with what you've come up once you've rethought your process. And so I think this is a grand moment of rethinking. And it's one of the reasons that as a sustainability professional, I find extremely helpful. So I think sustainability is an audacious goal. It is huge. It is trying to meet some of the most complex challenges in this world um, and to support people, entrepreneurs, women, um, you know, everything from ending poverty to climate change and where do you begin and how can your day to day contribute to a positive impact. And so more than anything, it has been about where I see my role is taking the opportunity for everybody to rethink and individually see where they're connected and how they're connected to the whole, right? And being the connective tissue to put those dots, to get, bring those dots together so that individuals who make parts of teams, our teams are parts of companies, companies that are parts of communities, communities that are, you know, parts our whole industries and industries that complement each other become larger communities and coalitions build one big community movement. And, you know, sustainability has been around for a very long time. Uh, they started in 1970. So none of this we know is necessarily new. We have some very good scholarly empirical evidence for the business case. I'd like to say we venture now to the emotional case and we combine the business, the emotional case, and we create the connective tissue that's actionable, that you can visualize and see. And one of the gifts of the silver lining of the pandemic is there is a sense of awareness, uh, I'd say as a collective, but I also think individually, there is a stronger sense. And so when we have that sense of awareness. I feel there's more opportunity to open up sort of maybe that's the anthropologist and me to connect and create those opportunities for cultural shifts. And so my role is that I really see it more for me as going from being sort of the strict sustainability advisor for a company that's ensuring, you know, uh, social compliance programs to facilitating conversations and being uh, using design and human-centered design to create those conversations. And one of the things I think that's so powerful is education to both these are wonderful co-hosts here also is, um, and your book is a point of education. Like that's a point where you can reach people and people can 
you know, take their time, come to where they are and understand where they fit in the bigger system. Cause it's about system change too. But how do you visualize that ecosystem? How do you create it? So it's energizing and, you know, these, these very grave issues are, are not um, depleting, you know, so it, it's more than ever a networked society. It's a networked experience. Our individual experiences make it very important. Um, so for me, it's about facilitating. And to me, it's like, it's not about human relations. It's our human resources. It's human relations. Yes. <laughs> so I want to be, that's where I sit within a company and where I want to bring those companies and communities together is facilitating those conversations. Let me add a couple of things to your wonderful reflections on where you are and where you're going and your commitment to see this as a system, which it is. Um, and move from um, it's good for business to it's good for people, it's good for humanity. You begin to ask yourself, why is this so hard? 50 years of trying to make us realize that we are the most damaging creature on the planet when it comes to the earth. There was some wonderful research on what's the animal that has the biggest damage to the climate and the climate is us. You know, we are an animal and we have done quite a job at making a mess. So, but the other piece that we know, two parts, one of which is that we decide with the heart and the eyes. The head doesn't do very well. So it's not an intellectual conversation that you're embarking on. This has got to be people's passion and their purpose in their hearts, their children, I hope. Um, but you've got to somehow touch them where they, where humans decide that I want to be sustainable. It doesn't sound like a foreign entity. It sounds like what I want to wear. It was how I want to eat. It's how I want to be. And that also requires society because humans are herd animals. And solos are outliers. People don't like to be outliers. They need others to affirm it. And if they don't affirm it, they don't believe it. And it's only so long you're going to be that change maker. At some point, you're going to be pulled back into what is. Couldn't be that good anyhow. So you're on the brink of something very powerful for our listeners and our viewers you know, listen carefully to the role that you can play in transforming the world or society or your society or your family so they can begin to feel the real power of caring. And I think what your sustainability is, is caring. You know, we are going to do this. We are going to do that because it really helps and you can fill in the blank. So I love that's my little add on to your little story. And now I'll go to Denise. Your thoughts about what do you see coming and how are we going to help the future happen now? Well, I think, you know, one of the ways that um, Indrani and I converged is that we really didn't have mentors. We both went overseas. We were really, like you said, solo and really had no path, no no one paving the way for us, per se. Uh, first, I was the first one in my family to, to, to work or even visit overseas. So we were really on, on our own. And what we said is we, we now we want to be the mentors that we never had but always wanted. Uh-huh. And um, and then we, we always quote the Maya Angelou quote about how people may not remember what you said or even what you were wearing when you said it, but they always remember how you made them feel mm-hmm. and making people feel good about themselves and what they're trying to do and, and, and inspiring them and keeping them um, motivated to go on their path as they rethink their journey as well. Um, I think that's so important to be a positive force. Uh, there's so many negatives. I was even in a meeting recently where um, the person was presenting and there was some, a lot of negativity. And I just stepped up and said, you know what, uh, what you're saying is not valid and here's why. And just absolutely buried them in facts and figures. And then they got a yes. 
but um, I normally wouldn't have done it, but I felt like, you know what, that's what a mentor does. Like sometimes they step in and say, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not, I'm not having this. You're not going to treat my, you know, colleague like this and, or the person I'm mentoring. And so, and then after they hung up, they're like, no one ever has gone to bat for me like that. And, and guess what? That is one of the most hit products that we've ever done. It's outselling um, 600% above plan. And they wouldn't even done it if it wasn't for us to get up for ourselves. So that's why I tell people, no, it's just the start of a conversation. Uh, if, if, if we listen to no one, half the products, they wouldn't even come to market. None of this. Um, <laughs> and I could go on forever about all the misses, right? Even um, my favorite story is Whiteout, which was um, Michael Nesbitt from the Monkees, his mother that invented it. She was an artist. And in order to afford her art career, she had to be a secretary. She didn't know how to type. So she actually made the made the the paste and everything the white paste the paste over it and then patented it and multi multi-million dollar later right but she was a single mom barely able to put food in her you know child's mouth so mm. i love that story too um the other thing that warmed my heart is i was in a meeting the other day about plush toys and they were quoting build a bear and build a bear workshop and build a bear this and i said you know what i said i actually recently went to a a conference where this person spoke and also she's the forward of this fabulous book that I'm going to send you. And Maxine would jump to meet you. So we'll have to yeah. do that. Yeah. And so I told, but I told her, I was like, you know, and, and I, I know that Maxine probably knows that there's people out there, but she's revered to the point of like, you know, like she's on a, on a, on a stratosphere to, for these women that want to do, or even come close to what, you know, the ideas that she had. So that was really, um, really, really incredible. So, um, yeah, but I just feel like, um, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, but going back to this whole connection with Indrani, it's really about mentoring people and helping them on their way. Um, I also have had the pleasure of working with Angelia to help pr- give her some product um, ideas and some suppliers to connect her to, to help with her vision and getting, and like, whether it's a donor gift or whether it's her own ideas that she wants to bring to market. Um, I've been helping connect her to suppliers and, and helping her, you know, do some things too. And that's been really rewarding as well. Um, I just think that supporting people is really important, no matter who it is that comes across your path. So that's kind of my, my big message is, um, you know, giving back, but in a way that's meaningful, that really helps people and is productive and not just, um, you know, not just encouraging people, but actually taking action to get them along the way. I have many thoughts for your thoughts, Um, but what we've learned about well-being is that acts of kindness and gratitude raise our own sense of well-being. Yes. So as, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how much, much your acts of kindness have elevated your own sense of happiness. And, and while we talk about it as well-being, it is happiness. And you can control your happiness. And giving is a much better way to do it than taking to your stand up to that person. It's, it's, you turned lemons into lemonade by taking action in a way to, it was an act of kindness, but it also is a bit of gratitude um, because they all are giving you back something very special, aren't they? Yeah. So a little Maxine Clark story. She it's out there and she would be delighted to tell you. But how did she come up with Build-A-Bear workshop? She was with her niece and I think her nephew. And they were walking through a department store and they saw beanie bags. And her niece said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, said, oh, and I have all of these. We should make our own. And Maxine Clark had an epiphany. And next thing you know, she said, why don't we make our own? And next thing you know, she was creating Build-A-Bear workshops where kids could come in and build their own bears. And kids mm-hmm. had bears to Build-A-Bear workshop that they love with intensity because they didn't buy it, they built it. 
And now I don't know how you do that on virtual. And she's busy building a building in St. Louis to help incubators. And, and that's why you guys need to meet her because the energy is a bit contagious, but it doesn't mm. end and, and she doesn't stop wanting to do for others. Um, and she's been blessed, as she would say, um, because her niece said something that triggered something that turned into something. And it's a little like they had a Denise there to help them. You know, it's um, it's a it's a she's a, a super wonderful woman. But your stories are all fabulous. Angelia, where do you see yourself and what's coming next in this wonderful world that you're trying to fix? First, I wanted to say one thing Denise said is very that I was going to touch on is support. Support is definitely necessary in order to um, enact change. And uh, to touch on what you've said also, Andy, is that the scale of Black businesses. um, Yes, there's been a a large influxuation of Black businesses starting up, but the numbers do show that they don't necessarily scale. So I think that a lot of that is um, listening to um, what the business is saying and then companies feeling like they can uh, come in and help these people progress. And so I still find so many Black women that don't necessarily have mentors. And then if they do have mentors, they're and, and this, is, this is nothing wrong with Black women being mentored by Black women, but sometimes there needs to be um, outreach outside, our reach in and, and you know, more development of, of these of these businesses, because if not, then we are all just moving in the same circle. So there has to be a uh, happy median where, you know, people of color can just reach out and say, hey, you know, I want to work with you. And then those people are reaching in saying, hey, I see your vision and I'm listening. So definitely support is, is definitely really big. Where I see myself in, in the future is I definitely uh, see myself moving towards um, the political arena, but also having the things that I do on the side. And what that advancement looks like is me being more vocal about voters' rights, um, me being uh, more vocal and more um, actually more exposing myself more, I would say, to um, my brand. And 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 the word brand, it always scares me, but I think that just being a person and letting people see what you have to say is more than more important than stamping something on your face and saying, this is who I am. Well, I'm much more than just that one thing. I think I'm, I'm a little bit of politics and I'm a whole lot of bit of social justice and I love fashion and, you know, I love, you know, a, a home products. And so I want to eventually start my own line, you know, so those are, those are some aspirations uh, further down the line. I did want to say this too. Uh, I am currently working on a um, um, black Santa, but I have the vision to work on a Santa that's more than just one color or just one. And so I want to kind of touch on all the, the melting pot of the U.S. because Santa's uh, that holiday for all kids represents all different types of people. And so to do that, to have a black Santa or to have uh, an Asian Santa or to have a, you know, Santa from, you know, Ethiopia. I mean, just to reach out and just make sure that I'm encompassing and incorporating a holiday that all children celebrate and we buy into and that it represents and looks like this country. Yes. So, so yeah, that's where I see myself doing and bringing more products out into the forefront, bringing people into the forefront that encompass what this country looks like. 
It sounds like so, I'm watching Denise's face <laughs> and I can watch her, her brows and I can see her <laughs> thinking. Be mm-hmm. careful, be careful what you think about too soon. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's already it's already happening. We're we're prototyping, so we're already yeah. working on it. She's probably gonna kill me first. She's like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can let you can let it out. You can let it out. Well, you got three people who are gonna buy Santa. <laughs> yeah. But Andy, you said before that, you know, the joyful part, and that's what one thing I do want to say is that um the largest order I ever had was one purchase order for 7 million units that I had to produce and ship in three months. Um, I remember walking into the factory in this floor to ceiling, the product that we created, and it was just the best feeling in the world. And I just thought, man, this is just amazing. And, you know, and it was a $10 product. So it was a $70 million PO. It broke the record for the company. But I have mm-hmm. to say this year, this year is the most rewarding year I've ever had. And it's, you know, helping Angelia, for example, you know, this idea that she has and helping her get it off the ground and also the work that we're doing. Uh, there's an amazing project we did with the Trevor Project, which Angelia can speak to. Um, there's so many things that we've done this year, but also all these entrepreneurs that had an idea that are now able to then bring it to market. And, you know, they're sitting there. And the one thing I have to say is recently I showed a product of this person had designed it. We made it. We sent the sample and she held it up and just the tears, you know, she said, I never thought my my lifetime I'd have my product in my hands doing this and we've already got retail placement for it so you know she's gonna be able to walk into the store and see it as well but that moment was bigger than anything and the supplier uh thank the lord the supplier was on the call too so they could see it and remember having that conversation with them they said in all of our lives we've never had a customer cry on us in a positive way (laughs) 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 you've had tears before but not this way yeah. And Denise, if there's one, there's two, there's five, there's 10. And as you're uh, telling your story, it multiplies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I, I do think people are going to want to line up to know how do I get to you guys so that we can become better at what we're doing for both ourselves and our society, our family and our community. It's not about an I, it's about a we. Right. And it really builds a sense of purpose well beyond. And men, is that contagious? So this has been absolutely a gift. Thank you for the gift to me. I'm glad we're all gifting each other. (laughs) We're honored to be here. Absolutely honored to be here. Yes, we are so honored to be here. I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely speechless. And I'm, um, you give, you bring joy. And, 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 and that's really special. Now, Last thoughts, though, for our listeners and friends, um, something you'd like them to remember or how to reach you if they'd like to reach you. And I'll I'll start with Angelina here. We'll start with where we end. Okay. Um, I would I would like for people to remember that uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mother, I'm a wife. Uh, I am a I'm a feeler. Um, I'm a receiver. Um, I'm a reader. I love Andy Simon. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm appreciative. Uh, and more importantly, um, if I had an ask, I would definitely ask that people attend the next symposium for Andy Simon <laughs> in September. And if you have not gotten an email, make sure you get an email <laughs> and look at your email and sign up because the information is always good. And I'm going to push a lot of people to this episode when it airs. And if it's happened for after or before then, uh, you know, I just want to say that I appreciate you. And I want you to remember that. I really appreciate what you've done through a book. 
So if you can do that much through a book, imagine that what we can do as we reach out and try to touch the people in the world and look up Greenwood, Greenwood, the podcast. I think that's a great place to, for all of us to go find Greenwood podcast and listen to Angelia more um, because I, I, she just has a big heart and wants to help us all a little at a time. Uh, Denise. Your last thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, um, my, my thoughts are really about the about others, about the people that I'm really engaging with right now. Uh, the first one is your book is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. I continue to reference and, and share that. Um, I highly recommend people taking your online course as well. It, it's an own pace course. Um, Indrani and I did that with a, with a different book and it was fantastic. And this is our plan to do it, to take that course as well. We're just trying to line up our respective schedules um, as Indrani is moving house. <laughs> um, and once she gets settled, we're going to do that together because uh, we're accountability buddies. But I um, highly recommend that because I think that really deep dives and, and brings it home. And, uh, and then you can interact in the book in a much deeper way and also with you, of course. Um, the other thing is I say Purcell, um, vir her virtual tea, which um, Indrani introduced me to, um, I would really drive people to that virtual tea. Um, and it's designthelifeyoulove.com. Uh, is her um, is her website, but if you look up I say Brussel A Y S E and then B I R S E L uh, virtual tea, um, it's free to everyone. Uh, it's now, now it's noon um, Eastern time, uh, but it'll go back to five p.m. Eastern time once the summer is over. But it is a design thinking. It's where I met Todd Churches, who then turned us to you. And <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Aisha. So that's my big recommendation. And of course, anything, all things, and Simon related, as Angela said, the symposium. But I'm going to do the online course. So looking forward to it. I'm trying to plan it where I know I'll have the time to focus, but I know it's going to make a big difference for keeping me um, rethinking constantly what I'm doing and, and making sure that I'm building the path and the life that I love as well. Thank you. And I, I look forward to sharing that with you. Um, we're going to be adding some um, group roundtables to it. Um, people are, are sort of asking for a little more time for me. And, uh, and, and we should talk about both how you experience it and how to make it more accessible. And the whole idea is at the end of the book was a how-to. How do you rethink? Yeah. And then we said, well, how do we help people do that? Um, can you read it? So we built this online course, Rethink Your Journey with Andy Simon. And now the question is, uh, how do I get people there to understand how to do it? Because change is painful. Your brain hates it and it hates me. Um, but it's a, a great time. And thank you for all of that support in driving. Your thoughts? We're in. We're in. <laughs> yeah. The next thing you need to do is gift someone, yourself and others, Andy's book. <laughs> so take, take this message of gifting and uh, it's a fantastic opportunity. It's summertime, so it's summertime reading. It's a perfect opportunity to be in a reflective place and gift yourself the opportunity to dive into that book. Um, and also... Uh, you know, journaling is fabulous. And this is one thing that you emphasize, Andy, and I can't over, I can't overemphasize it actually in your, your book is actually a place that actually helps you say, okay, here's the journey and it, you can start active, actively reading. So I think what I love about your book is there's so many ways to 
revisit and actively think and revisit um, your own journey. So take a journal, take the book, that's all you need, and you'll be set for the fall and you'll already have, you know, a, a wonderful place to start. And then I think for uh, leaving, for me, I would love for all of you to visit the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Knowledge Hub and look at the 17 goals and just read through them. They're beautiful and colorful, but they also have some wonderful descriptions about what they're trying to achieve, what issues are important that they're they're trying to work together with everybody and realize, think about what you can do as an individual in your day. If that is... After you finish cooking, there's something you can put in a compost instead that you would put in a compost instead that you would throw away. Then maybe you you make that habit of, of starting that. You can start one small action and it could lead to co-creating a different world that we all hope to live in together uh, for the positive. So I inspire you to find one thing in your day that you can do. Um, and then I would share what that thing is to make our world a bit more sustainable and see if you can get others to join you. I think this is just a fantastic trio today. You guys have been fantastic. So I've had with me Andrani De Silva and Denise Magels and Angelia Allen. I, I can only tell the viewers or the listeners that it's truly a treat and a gift to me to be able to share them with you. Um, but listen carefully to how three women have each rethought their own lives, are continuing to do so, and are helping others, not just for the I, but for the we. And the we is what is so much more exciting because it isn't just so they can become better or wealthier or whatever their aspirations are, but they can give to others who help them all rise. And it is so exciting to listen to them. And the interesting part is that they've never met each other. None of us have ever met. And yet we all feel very uh, intimate with each other. And the book may have been the catalyst, but I do think there's a bond here that's quite magical. I'm not going to say thank you, pandemic, but in some ways, I'm not quite sure we would have been ever doing this in the old world where we traveled a lot. And, you know, I used to put on 100,000 miles a year in an airplane. I don't care to do that anymore. This is so much more fun. So I'm going to sign off um, to our listeners. Thank you for coming as always. Um, remember that you, there are two books that we have out on the brink, Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, which is the title for our, um, our, our program here, and Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. And they both bring you a perspective that we hope you will use to improve who you are and where you're going. And I said Indrani was a little like an anthropologist. Each of the case studies in that first book were about customers of ours, clients who were stuck or stalled. And I know as they each began to see how a little anthropology could help their business grow, they went, oh, that's what you do. I said, yeah, we stand out. We look at things through a fresh lens and we help you see what's often right in front of you. And that goes for the Rethink book as well. What's in front of you? What's coming next? You know, the Maxine Clark story is not about saying, oh, we don't do that, but it's saying, of course we can do that. And I have a hunch that each of the women here are helping others do just that. So we're going to say goodbye. Thanks again. Send me your emails at info at andysimon.com and we get back to you right away. Ladies, thank you so much for coming today. I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.